Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of my podcast channel, Data Science with Sam. In this episode, I wanted to uh, put focus on a very new technical concept called observability. This concept is very relatively new, uh, but it started gaining a lot of importance in the world of software engineering and system administration and monitoring aspect. To talk about this particular topic, I joined by an esteemed guest, Edward Ferran, a technology lead. So Ed, welcome to the episode. Thank you for uh, joining this episode. Thank you for accepting my invite. I'm very happy to have you here. So for my uh, viewers and listeners benefit, could you please uh, just uh, give a little bit of intro about yourself, like your professional journey and how you kind of like landed in that observability space uh, in last few years? Sure, thanks for having me, Sam. Um, so just a little introduction to who I am. Uh, my name is Ed Farron, and I am the Director of the Full Stack Observability Practices over at Exigent Solutions. Um, just by way of career and some of the uh, journey that I've had, um, I've spent time working as a software engineer, a software architect for maybe the past 25 plus years. Um, I spent about 10 years with uh, Microsoft Corporation um, as a full-time employee over there in various roles. Um, another five years also with Cisco um, in their application performance management uh, software offering um, as well. And then outside of that, I started my own company, um, ran that for about five years, uh, give or take, and then uh, joined forces with Exigent uh, Solutions through acquisition, where we are helping global customers today with their observability solutions. Oh, that's that's a great uh, pathway to the professional experience. And uh, it's good to know that, Ed, uh, you're an ex-Microsoft. So you kind of like went through, a, you kind of walked in the technology space for a long time. And I'm pretty sure that my listener would be very interested to know more about observability, the kind of partnership you're having with Exigen at this moment. So having said that, I'm going to get down to the business end. I'm going to go straight to the question. So I'm... Considering me as like a, just a layman, okay, and also I'm pretty sure some of my listeners uh, are also trying to uh, get to know, they are also interested to know more about this observability, but they don't have any prior experience in that particular uh, technological domain. So in that case, could you please just explain in more of a layman's term what observability means in the context of modern software development and system monitoring? Yeah, so think of observability as the next uh, big jump in the uh, space of monitoring, right? So it really can be considered in that space. However, um, I wouldn't necessarily um, say that they're one in the same thing or just kind of the next version of monitoring. Um, observability really has to do a lot more with understanding how your application is performing end to end. We've had um, many monitoring tools over the years, um, especially in the context of logging, um, in the context of, of, of monitors of hardware, right? Today, it's a lot of monitors of the cloud space um, and pulling in metrics from your different uh, cloud providers. And then also we have you know, lots of monitoring around different technology capabilities whether it's a queuing service, a database service, or the network service, observability helps bring that up a layer, right? So instead of just monitoring individual silos, 
how do I monitor everything going on in my application, um, not only from a technical perspective, but also from a business perspective? How many orders are going through the system real time? And we need to do that in such a way where it's ubiquitous um, and it enables um, customers and organizations to speak the same language when trying to monitor these systems in production. I think that's a really great, uh, you know, like answer to that question. And I really like the idea, the way you explained that um, observability doesn't mean that it's only giving an insight, uh, like something related to a technological concept or something like that. It's not giving you those technical insights such as, hey, you know, like how long the application has been performing or what is the performance of that. It's also adding some business components to it. And I think that's very crucial because we're working with a business stakeholder, sometimes they would like to know about uh, how the application performing and how it's been kind of like spitting out data or how it's been actually spitting out some result. I guess in that sense, observability will add that additional component. And I guess that's become like a very salient factor for this concept to become you know, gradually uh, popular in the, in the recent days. So just to segue to that, um, you know, so why has observability like gained so much attention in some years? Because I think we got a little bit of idea based on the remarks you made a few seconds back. But if 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 you can just you know like try to like you know just uh, isolate like a few driving factors uh, behind this increasing popularity of observability, then which are the factors you would uh, pick in terms of you know like uh, growing popularity of observability? especially in the industry world, regardless of the, you know, business vertical. Yeah, I mean, so observability was really born more so out of the application performance monitoring space, right, that APM space that um, mm -hmm. has been dominated by a couple of you know, larger uh, vendors um, over the past few years. But um, observability has really gained more attention as the APM platforms or the application performance monitoring platforms has matured. Um, really, you think of it as everything today is an application, right? Whether you're talking enterprises or consumer, right? If you want an order of pizza, you have to pull out your mobile phone, throw right. a pizza on your favorite pizza app. Um, if you want to, you know, order from your favorite uh, e-retailer, right? Um, the same thing, right? It's on your phone or in your browser. And so it's increasingly important to understand what's happening in these applications because they literally can make or break a business. Mm -hmm. um, even some of the, I have some customers that have um, some business to business scenarios and when orders are delayed by a few minutes, um, even in the business to business scenario, not just consumer scenario, you know, that's millions of dollars. Um, and on top of that, you have a very upset corporate customer, right? So everything today is done through the lens of an application and traditional logging or looking at um, silos of information, whether it be the database context or the network context, no longer provides the business with um, the um, with the guarantee or the understanding of when we move to the cloud or when we upgrade to Kubernetes, right? Or when we break out into microservices, what's the impact on the actual business, right? How are my orders impacted? Whether that's increasing in volume, um, how are my customers impacted, right? Um, are they having a satisfied experience? Because again, as you very well know, 
Um, if I can't get my favorite car service via one car be you know one car service because there's a delay in that mobile app, I'm just switching over to the other car service, right? It's just a flick of a, an app. Definitely so having that visibility across every one of those components in a language that the executives can understand as well as the technical architects and the operations center can understand. Nobody calls in, right? Let's just say you're ordering your favorite car service. No one calls in to um, uh, car service Acme, right? Car service Inc. and said, you know, I think your CPU is down, right? Or yeah. I think your your database query is Exactly. Are I mean, everybody kind of like wanted to be a tech nerd at the time. And... <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, 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 no like a tech nerd at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it starts talking about, um, you know, hey, um, company A, you know, I, I think your queries are slow. They call and they say, I'm having a problem trying to order a car service, right? Or order a ride. Um, and that is the measure at which we monitor, right? There, so there should be some type of business transaction that mm -hmm. says order or ride is slow today, mm -hmm. right? And it's impacting, you know, twenty percent of your customers in this location. And now the, the the engineers can really prioritize and drill down and figure out, oh, it's because of the network or it's because of the database. And even better yet, observability helps us to start flip that story on its head to where. Now we can say that, hey, vice president, executive, CIO, 20% of our users are impacted by this slowdown Slow because down. you know, our cloud service or our ISP started routing us via a different route on the network. Hmm. Right. So that yeah. speaks to why those are the significant factors. Yeah. Um, yeah. no, I mean those are the significant factors that can literally drive your business profitable things down. And uh I mean, I in most of the cases, those are kind of like, uh, I would say, uh, kind of a breach of uh, service level agreement. And like most of the cases, I mean, as a business owner, you really want that your customer would actually get your service as fast as could. So that would basically help you to like sell more products. But if your application gets down or if your server are going through some latency or something like that, you need to pick that right away. And I, I feel like, uh, based on my understanding, the observability would help in that aspect of like just monitoring the application health and performance or and also report any sort of like a latency or something that kind of like happened real time. Because it's in the traditional practices, it's it takes time to like, you know, log all the stuff and then somebody would just page through that and then report that to the application developers or whoever the business stakeholders are. But I guess that era has been gone, you know, like right now we are literally living in a streaming analytics era. And in that case, we need more of like a real time solution than going through this conventional like logging practices that been uh, instrumental in, uh, previous decades, but no longer is uh, inapplicable to the business use cases. So yeah, so th thanks, Ed. I mean, I guess I guess this literally like clears a lot of air, at least for me. And I'm pretty sure my listeners are getting more interested to know more about observability. So just to so so just to that purpose, I'm gonna go to the next question. And this time I'm gonna take a different kind of as, uh, tangent. Since we're talking about application, we're talking about observability. As we know that in the industry world, um, I guess the cybersecurity people, they always try to make sure that we put a safeguard um, to uh, kind of like, you know, just put a guardrail uh, behind uh, the firewall so all our applications would be safeguarded from the cybersecurity attack or like from hackers uh, attempts, right? So when you're talking about observability, right? And I was kind of like thinking about 
hey, so observability seems like it's monitoring and the application and other stuff. So what if like from cybersecurity perspective, uh, is that observability has something, some role to do? Is that like the cybersecurity personnel would also consider observability as a key matrix or key component to identify or mitigate potential threats or vulnerabilities for an enterprise app that kind of like resided within a data center or even cloud environment. So yeah, what's the take on that? Yeah. yeah, and so what we've been seeing is in the industry um, is security is becoming a, a pillar of, of the observability platforms or capabilities is really what I should say versus platform. Um, and so uh, the same question to be answered is, if I'm having a security event, and really doesn't matter if that's an attack, a vulnerability that maybe has been um, uh, uncovered, like maybe I uploaded some bad DLLs or some bad libraries, right, war files um, that has some type of vulnerability, or it's an active attack against our application. The point is, is that vulnerability or that attack has the ability to interrupt my business, right? And so when I'm trying to find out why I'm getting flooded with orders, Right. It's just not a security conversation. It's a um, it's a business conversation. Right. It's like we can't keep up with capacity. Tell us why and tell us now. Um, and also using the, that telemetry to figure out um, and head off security events as well. It's like we see this pattern happening. We know that this pattern is common to this particular security event um, and it's going to impact your ability to onboard customers or to log in, right? All of a sudden login is slowing down and we see this pattern. And so the vendors in this space are all racing to include security data and security telemetry in the observability solution because it's yet another pillar of the application, right? All of this stuff exists because of the application, right? Yeah, yeah of, of course. And we do all kinds of stuff because of the application because if uh, we are going to like, you know, from, um, I mean, being a data scientist, I mean, I've been working closely with our IT stakeholders and I do know that how many application prompts that I need to fill up to ensure that uh, all the security compliance checkboxes are checked for my application and how we can basically put more guardrails or more like, you know, stringent uh, practices to ensure that our security won't, you know, our security won't be compromised because that's something I feel like observability can pitch in and it can come in and maybe it will give us a kind of a different perspective of how uh, we can basically like, you know, implement uh, more stringent cybersecurity guidelines within the organizations. So thanks for that um, answer, thank, uh, for answering that question, uh, Ed. So um, that's kind of like, you know, now I'm making me more interested in the observability since it's a new technology concept. And we are literally now uh, kind of like going in the middle of the AI innovation world. Like in everywhere I see, like, and I could just think, you know, just listen about generative AI, AI and all kind of stuff. So I just wanted to pick your brain on that, you know, like how observability would play a role in that kind of like AI innovation world. So, so this is kind of more of a futuristic uh, question and you can definitely just, uh, uh, just kind of like you know, just share your your thought process on that. Uh, just like, how do you think this future of observability would evolve in the next few years from the context of the recent AI innovation or surge going on right now? Like for example, like uh, observability is more of like a, 
I would say, tool that can help us identifying and monitoring certain threats, threats from a cybersecurity standpoint. Or it can also inform our IT and business stakeholder about potential latency or any application performance downtime, downtime or something like that. Do you think that in future observability, the, the sorry, the latest observability tool would have capacity to integrate with some sort of a generative AI uh, techniques to make it more robust and more like a simplified that in a, that people can just easily interact with that and you know uh, get insights out of it. Yeah, that's a that's a great um, uh, tee up, right? In terms of uh, looking at you know, both artificial intelligence and machine learning models, right? You know, two separate topics that often kind of get mushed together. Um, yeah. <laughs> the the key to making observability work is the ability to import data from multiple sources, right? Mm -hmm. And so in this space of compute, um, it's really you know data is king, right? Um, and the application keeps feeding the keeps feeding the beast more data, right? And so um, we pull that data from infrastructure, from network, from security queues, right? From logs, the list goes on, right? Um, and what we understood and we talk about what does the future look like you know i'm going to use this old tagline the future is now right so we're in very early implementations you know across multiple vendors with um building machine learning models right and then adding artificial intelligence on top to mature the observability space mm -hmm. and what's happened and what's been happening for years is that developers and monitoring tools emit so much data, it's too much for a human to process. Correct. Right? It's just too much data for, you know, even with the best querying tools um, for your favorite log aggregators, it's just too much data for us to go through and connect the dots and make sense. And that's where we take all of that data, right, and build a rich model and, and build strong machine learning models, right, data models off of that. Um, so we can release other capabilities like artificial intelligence mm -hmm. and have it figure out how the dots are connected and have it figure out what the anomalies are, right? We normally see a pattern between these seven metrics and that one, you know, this metric number seven is, is all of a sudden doing something different, right? Let's get a warning up. And that helps us to get to proactive alerting and monitoring. I'll share a fun story with you. Um, I, and actually, this has happened more than once now. Um, mm -hmm. One of my customers, they were getting alerts from one of the tools that we've implemented for observability. And they, they get this on the line and they say, hey, we're getting all these alerts about this thing that's happening. And we explain, this is why you're getting the alert. And the first question was, well, is anyone complaining? And I was like, well, that would be the opposite of proactive monitoring, right? <laughs> if you wait to a customer's frustrated or they can't order, right, you're not getting ahead of the problem, right? You're just attacking it, you know, after you've lost a customer or business. And customers, and including internal employees, they don't complain when they have problems, right? They complain when they're frustrated. You know, how many times have you restarted the app or right? continued to pound the continue button, right, until it goes through? and you don't necessarily stop and call support and put in a ticket. And so no one does anything about it. Well, how many customers, how much business did you miss because of that? All right. Um, you know, how many customers stop to go actually give you a formal complaint? And the few that do usually do it on social media where you don't want complaints, right? You know, this this service is so terrible. They canceled all my flights. And, and so 
adding machine learning to make sense of that data, um, artificial intelligence to send proactive alerts with context. Um, that really is, is the future in terms of where we're going and how we can um, you know, use that data, ingest that data um, to really get ahead of these customer issues, right? How do I start fixing the issue before my customers start going away or getting really frustrated? No, I think I, I definitely that there are uh, there's some uh, definitely are like large uh, uh, huge opportunities in that space where we can maybe utilize some sort of artificial intelligence or machine learning model to maybe integrate with observability or maybe um, we can come up with some sort of a generative AI part that would have an observability engine at the back end. So you know and business or IT uh, like an owner, they can literally just interact with the observability engine through the generative AI and just kind of like getting the information as a, in a form of textual format or like just as a chat or something like that. Maybe that could be a future in, in, in that's something we can definitely think about where observability is right. of like a uh, integration of AI and uh, machine learning engine. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exciting. Um. So yeah, so that's kind of like brings me down to the the final question of this uh, podcast. And again, this all the informations are so good. I mean, this podcast has been so informative for me. Uh, I feel like I'm just drinking from the fire hose right now. There's so <laughs> much information about observability. I definitely need to uh, listen to this episode again, and I will definitely recommend my listeners to do so because uh, Aid already shared so much information about this new technology concept. Um, so just to kind of like wrap up with the final question, I really wanted to like pick your brain for the final time that uh, what kind of resources or learning opportunities would you recommend for like an individual, so like a software developers or any like a um, software development team interested in diving deeper into the topics of observability, or at least they're planning to kind of like introduce an observability tool to their business practices. Yeah, I mean, one of the key areas that's really bringing this all together, regardless of which tool set or which uh, capability you use to surface your observability, um, is really visit uh, opentelemetry.io, right? So, you know, opentelemetry is really starting to be the uh, the standard in which everyone is using to ingest and, and also create data that we can bring together and start to query over, build these models, build alerts, et cetera, over. So uh, opentelemetry is, is really big on the list of, of things to learn. And then also, you know, it'd always be great if you could contact Exigent Solutions. Um, we have a, a great consulting practice um, that will certainly help you with your open, excuse me, with your observability journey and your open telemetry journey as well. Um, because, and one of the reasons we are self-promoting a bit here is because many organizations have these uh, tools and capabilities and they've yet to unlock their potential or their capabilities or, or full potential, right? Um, the, you know, the example that I give there is like, you know, we have organizations that have, you know, tier one tools and they're using them like monitoring tools or debugging tools, which, you know, it's kind of like using a Tesla like a little red wagon. Um, <laughs> you have a Tesla, let's take it for a ride. So Exigent uh, would love to uh, help you unlock all of the capabilities in your that you are already on as well. No, I mean, that's that's pretty fascinating because 
as you mentioned that, you know, like uh, your current organization, some of the business solutions. So I would definitely recommend listeners to uh, just follow uh, Ed on uh, LinkedIn and maybe just reach out to him directly to get to know more about observability because it seems like it's still a new concept, but it's been surfacing uh, very quickly. And you know, there are a lot of enterprises started utilizing the, this uh, new technology concept to bring a kind of, I feel like a better application layer or some sort of layer to monitor and identify some of the threats or maybe identify some of the performance latency. Um, so yeah, so Ed, um, before I wrap up this uh, thing, you know, like, is there anything you want to talk about uh, observability or something, if you have any general advice for the listeners, like who would like to, would be interested to know more about this uh, topic, like any general, like uh, tips or pointers for my listeners before we uh, end this podcast. Yeah, I mean, my biggest tips is, or tip really for at least this audience is, one, if you haven't looked at observability, especially if you're a software developer, um, it's a must have. I was, again, a, a software engineer for many years, still write a lot of code for various customers. Um, when I really got a hold and understood what the APM and observability platforms brought to the table, um, it was just the light bulb went off. Right? Um, the insight, the amount of insight and data that you get without having to add additional code or additional logging to your capabilities um, is just incredible. So if you are if you write code or if you're a software architect and you're not taking full advantage of these tools, um, you're missing out. Um, and then <laughs> the, the second area that I would um, really encourage people to um, really think about, look at um, in terms of um, observability is, is how you approach the tool, right? It's more than a debugger, it's more than a reporting tool. Um, think different, really think about the business activity that you're trying to get insight in or the, that you're trying to monitor. Otherwise, you'll just look at it as yet another monitoring tool. And believe me, I've not gone to any customer that don't have plenty of monitoring tools, right? So I don't need yet another monitoring tool. Yeah. No, I think that's a really great advice. And again, I mean, I hate to say that I need to extend this episode a little bit more because I have another question for you. And uh, since I'm a data scientist, so being a data scientist, how would I get benefited from observability? Is it that the, the matrix observability would provide me, will help me to gain insight about how the application is performing, or is there something that could be like a reportable to uh, my business customers? So is that what I'm coming out of like observability is something would be beneficial for a data scientist to use observability for their day-to-day -day practice? Yeah, I mean, so from a data scientist perspective, um, we talked a little bit about the future of observability, but really the, the core um, of observability is about ingesting as much data as possible, right? And so it's a race to get a hook into every piece of data that is involved in your application. And so when we talk about things like open telemetry, I think it captures the concepts really well in terms of NELT, metrics, um, events, traces, log, logs, and spans. And, and um, those type of metrics come from every resource and um, imaginable. So imagine as a data scientist, I have this massive you know, uh, pool of data from all of these resources. How do I make sense of all of that data and, and turn it back to the user? The key thing in, in that kind of spill that I just gave is it's not 
to replace enterprise reporting use cases. Right? This is not the business intelligence, business warehouse use cases. This is more of the real time in the moment. Right? And in today's world, whether it's Black Friday, right, which is kind of the big holiday in North America, um, right. or it's simply back to school, right, or just every day where we depend on these apps so much, right? Um, if I'm going to find a power station for my electric vehicle, that's powered by an application, right? If I can't get navigation, because power stations, unlike gas stations, aren't ubiquitous, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so I need that app up, running, and responsive. Or I'm going to be stranded in the middle of nowhere. Right. Yeah. Right? My electric vehicle. Um, and so the ability to just gather all of that data and turn it into business insights real time is the key, right? Not necessarily here's a report six weeks later mm -hmm. of how many orders we had. No, here's what's happening in your business right now in the middle of Black Friday. What can we do about it? Right. Can we scale into Kubernetes? Can we scale with our cloud provider? Um, is it costing too much? Should we scale back? Right. So not only monitoring scenarios, but scale scenarios, right? And, and impacting cost of the application. No, I think you're really good because I think that's the main aspect and the way I'm gonna actually kind of like uh, wrap up this call because uh, the main use case of observability, it's not only just kind of generating a report or just giving a matrix, it's kind of enabling us to do it in real time. Like you mentioned that Black Friday, when we do have our authorization, our employees are totally on off duties, but you still have an application. You still have a data center uh, where the Uber people, Uber apps, you know, people are using Uber apps. So I think uh, being a, like an Uber engineer, you still have to continuously monitor that even if you're on break. How do you do that, okay? Because uh, you are not sitting there in the data center, you're not sitting at your desk. So I feel like in that, those kind of uh, real-time, real-life cases where observability would definitely help you to get those real-time tracking so that if something happens, yeah, then you can definitely write, the, write on it at that moment and just help mitigate that issue right here without being your customer get impacted for the prolonged time. So I think that's where I guess observability would become very crucial and become uh, bringing a lot of like uh, innovative thoughts to the table that uh, business stakeholders could definitely utilize uh, for the you know longer run. So did I say it correctly or did I miss anything? <laughs> no, I think that was great. It's, it's just what you said, bringing business stakeholders to the table. Monitoring tools don't does not bring business stakeholders to the table. They help make sure that operations and engineers have a great tool belt to act on um, uh, to act on fires, right? It's like giving a fire truck to firefighters. That's what monitoring tools do for you. Um, observability is much more about engineering. Yeah. Well, uh, it's been a very informative and thought-provoking talk with you, Ed, and thanks for sharing all the information about observability. I'm pretty sure my viewers and listeners would be would be interested to know more about it. So please don't forget to kind of like uh, follow Ed on LinkedIn. Uh, it seems like he has powerhouse of knowledge when it comes to observability and other aspect uh, given the vast experience he has in the technology world so feel feel free to follow him and get to know more about him and his uh, in the industry you know organizations business practices related to this topic and i'll definitely be back with another topic in a month or so plus please don't forget to like comment and subscribe to my podcast channel and please uh, you know share this uh, podcast when it will be available on my platform with your contacts and other working professionals so thank you so much. And Ed, thank you so much for your time today.
Um, Thanks so much.